Welcome to another inspiring message recorded at Rivers Church. I read a clipping that has become quite famous from a Boston newspaper way back in 1872. And it says the following. A man about 46 years of age, giving the name of Joshua Coppersmith, has been arrested in New York for allegedly attempting to extort funds from ignorant and superstitious people. He exhibited a device which he says will convey the human voice any distance over metallic wires so that it will be heard by the listener at the other end of the wire. He calls the instrument a telephone, which is obviously intended to imitate the word telegraph, thus winning the confidence of those who know the success of the latter instrument without understanding the principles upon which it is based. Well-informed people know that it is impossible to transmit the human voice over wires, as it may be done with dots and dashes and signals of the Morse code, and that if it were possible to do so, the thing would be of no practical value. The article ends by saying this, authorities who apprehended this criminal are to be congratulated. It is hoped that this, his punishment will be prompt and fitting. Ignorance is a very powerful thing. It displaces common sense by clouding the mind. Most of us on these campuses would probably not consider ourselves ignorant. Ignorant is not the same as stupid. Stupid means to be dull of mind, to have a low capacity. But ignorance is you don't know what you don't know. I read this quote, it's a Persian proverb. He who knows not and knows not that he knows not is a fool. Remember that. Shun him. Oh, isn't that terrible? No, because knowledge is available. Wisdom is available. He who knows not and knows that he knows not is a child. Teach him. He who knows and knows not that he knows not is asleep. Wake him. He who knows and knows that he knows is wise. Follow him. They say ignorance is bliss. And that what you don't know won't kill you. I don't think ignorance is bliss. I think ignorance is dangerous. So I've entitled the message today, when you don't know what you don't know, it's dangerous. When you don't know what you don't know, it's dangerous. Because you don't know what you don't know. What don't you know that you don't know this morning? Are you with me? Because when you think you don't need to know anything more, it can be a very dangerous thing in your life. Imagine you think that ignorance is bliss. Well, you walk into a laboratory, pick up a bottle, you're thirsty, and it looks like water, so you drink it. But it actually could be an acid that corrodes your insides. Ignorance is not bliss when you've got a disease that you're not aware of. Many a time people have gone to a doctor, especially men, and the doctor says your PSA count is up, you have got prostate cancer. What? I feel fine. Yep, it's slow growing. They get treatment. It's the most curable of all the cancers, prostate cancer. But you know how many men die from it? Because they feel they're okay. 
They're ignorant of what's actually happening in their bodies. Ignorance is a very, very dangerous thing. And it can do tremendous damage to your life. Hendrik van Leun, the author of the story of mankind, he says an ignorant person is by the very fact of his or her ignorance a very dangerous person. When you don't know what you don't know, it's dangerous, not just to you, but to others. Martin Luther King Jr. said, nothing in the world is more dangerous than sincere ignorance and conscientious stupidity. You can be doing something very conscientiously, but actually you're stupid and your ignorance is sincere, but you don't know what you don't know. In fact, if you don't know Jesus and you don't know him as the only source of salvation, you don't know what you don't know. It's dangerous should you die. Now, here's what we think. He's talking about other people. Or if he's talking to us, he's extremely arrogant. Now, I'm talking to us today because even educated people can be ignorant. Because ignorance is not just getting information from a university. And I want to say this with respect. There are a lot of professors who spend their entire lives in universities but have never worked a day of their lives in the business world or the political world. But they can tell you how it works in theory. And they're the ones who stir up students who end up agitating the, all of society. Now, wisdom is much deeper than just getting knowledge from a book. The true truth comes from God. And we need to get that kind of wisdom. Notice here the Apostle Paul in 1 Timothy chapter 1. And notice what he says about himself. He says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service. I've been called by God, he says. And then he goes on to say, even though I was once a blasphemer, notice what kind of person he was, a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man. I was shown mercy, watch this, because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. They're the twin enemies of a growing life. And he says, but the grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. You see, the interesting thing about the Apostle Paul, he was a violent man, he was a blasphemer, and uh, he was a persecutor, but he was highly educated. I want to let that sink in for a moment. Are you listening, Kyle Army? They're listening. You see, the Apostle Paul talks about himself, and he tells us his credentials. Want to read with me in Acts chapter 22? He says here, I studied I didn't read a couple of books. I studied under Gamaliel and was thoroughly trained. I'm not a novice in the law of our ancestors. I was just as zealous for God as any of you are today. I'm passionate. I persecuted the followers of this way to their death, arresting both men and women and throwing them in prison. Violent man. As the high priests and all the council can themselves testify. Highly educated, but completely ignorant. Dangerous man. Are you with me? And so I want to ask you today, are you ignorant of certain things? And if you are, are you open to learning or do you think you've arrived? Church services are for us to keep getting the word so that our ignorance is constantly pushed back because the world is trying to keep us ignorant of God's truth. It amazes me how many people visit church occasionally and then speak with authority on subjects they don't understand. Jim Rohn said this, he said, motivation alone is not enough. If you have an idiot and you motivate him, now you have a motivated idiot. 
and we go to work and they're business seminars with all respect and they motivate. But if they're motivating you in your ignorance, they're only pushing you to be a fanatic rather than to really do something productive with your life. The Bible warns us against ignorance and uh, it encourages us to think it through about where we stand in life in Ephesians 5 and verse 5. So be careful how you live. Don't live like ignorant people, but like wise people. He's talking to the church. He's not insulting them. He recognizes there are certain behaviors that ignorant people have. And we're going to look at them in, in, in a few moments. Proverbs 15, intelligent people want to learn, but stupid people are satisfied with ignorance. You say, well, how can you say that? This is the information age. Isn't that the truth? We have more information than we've ever had. But you know what? We are not growing wiser. We are just not, we're living in the age of knowledge. The Bible says in the book of Daniel that in the end times, knowledge will increase and people will run to and fro. Yet we're not wise. I love what the author Richard Paul Evans said in his best-selling book, A Step of Faith. He says, what a culture we live in. We are swimming in an ocean of information and drowning in ignorance. Ignorance seems to be the number one disease that is plaguing our culture today. And they say the reason for it is simple. We have become people who mistrust the media and the news outlets. So everything we hear and see, we put through the filter of our own emotions, then we come to wrong conclusions. If we come to those wrong conclusions and everyone else has the same wrong conclusions, we call that wisdom. Scott Adams put it like this. He said, when did ignorance become a point of view? And the media shapes us. People watch, they read, they sift, they go on social media, 10,000 people are against something, they'll join the party. But you know that South Africa is the fourth on the list of most ignorant nations? We are fourth out of the top six. They did what's called an Ipsos, Perils of Perception Survey. And they found that in interviewing people about their culture, about their finances, the political environment, healthcare, how many Muslims are there in the country, how, they, how do they perceive that, and they answer all those questions, South Africa ended up the fourth most ignorant, political parties, who's the minister of this, how much is the GDP of a country, uh, rich people, what do they contribute, do they actually take away, who gives jobs, all those questions they asked, anyway, they asked the South Africans, by the way, the most important question they considered across the world, how many Muslims per hundred people are in your country? South Africans said they're 22 for every 100. Turns out the truth is there's only 1.7. If you could have 0.7 of a person. India is the most ignorant nation on the planet. Isn't that interesting? Then China, then Taiwan, then South Africa, then America. The richest nation is the fifth most ignorant nation in the world, and then Brazil. And the reason is 30 million Americans can't read. And 50% of the Americans believe that aliens have landed in America. <laughs> now, it doesn't sound like a lot, 50%. It's 175 million people that believe that aliens are walking around. Scary stuff. <laughs> you see, the MD of this Ipsos research poll, Bobby Duffy, said this. He said that he discovered that from middle-class people, you know how they come to their conclusions about wisdom? They, they generalize about how they feel about something, and then they make it as fact. And they, the funny thing about ignorant people is they always speak with authority. No, 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 no. <laughs> you know, the founder of the Weather Channel was interviewed on CNN. 
I watched it this week. And what CNN tried to do was to try and get him to agree that there is such a thing as global warming and climate change because that's the popular thing and they're taxing it. And he said, hang on a second, number one, the guy that you spoke about as co-founder, he worked under me, I'm the founder of the Weather Channel. And number two, I don't believe in global warming. And I don't believe all these things that they're teaching in order to get taxed. They were like, get him off the air. It goes completely against popular opinion, save the planet, and all the stuff people are teaching because we accept opinion and we go by our feelings. We need to think and we need to listen to the true experts. If you run the weather channel, I think I take you seriously rather than an interviewer. Moving right along, we probably cut this out for television. <laughs> Neil Postman is a... He's passed away, a late author who wrote some 20 books. One of them is called Amusing Ourselves to Death in the Age of Show Business. And he talks about how the media influences us. And he said in, in his book, way back in 1985, by the way, he said, in America, everyone is entitled to an opinion. And it is certainly useful to have a few when a pollster shows up. But these are opinions of a quite different order from 18th or 19th century opinions. It is probably more accurate to call them emotions rather than opinions, which would account for the fact that they change from week to week. He goes on to say here, as the pollsters tell us, what is happening here is that television is altering the meaning of being informed by creating a species of information that might properly be called disinformation. And in saying that the television news show entertains but does not inform, I'm saying something far more serious then that we've been deprived of authentic information. And here comes to the crux. He says, I'm saying we are losing our sense of what it means to be well informed. Ignorance is always correctable, but what shall we do if we take ignorance to be knowledge? In fact, in a book called Understanding Ignorance by a philosopher, Daniel De Nicola, when reading the book, this extract stood out to me he said, political ignorance, especially in an advanced democracy, is especially disturbing. Tyrants and other advocates of authoritarian systems have long appreciated the advantages of an ignorant constituency. Ask the average person, who's the minister of this, who's the minister of that? Ask him who heads up a particular organization. Yet people are like, they are so involved politically, but they only have one view. Go to America and ask them who's changed the tax system, who's actually given you money. Was it Barack Obama, was it Donald Trump? People will give you the wrong answer because there's a prejudice rather than fact. We've got to be careful of ignorance as a popular opinion. We need to know what the damage ignorance can do to our lives. Johann Wolfgang von Goethe said this, the German statesman. He said, there's nothing more frightful than ignorance in action. So let me give you this morning these seven problems that ignorance causes, the behaviors it manifests and then how to overcome it. Are you ready? Number one, one of the terrible problems that ignorance causes is it causes ongoing racism. Arrogance also causes racism because people feel superior, but it's mostly ignorance. You say, well, how can you be ignorant? We've got laws. Laws don't change the heart. When you become a Christian and you get revelation of who God is, who human beings are, we've all come from one person, the Bible says, from Adam. 
So we've got different shaped eyes, different look, different noses, different body proportions, but we all come from one man. If we all come from one man, we all share the same blood and we're all made in the image of God as the Bible says in Genesis. But if you don't believe that and you, cons- and you stick to your ignorance, you will perpetuate racism even though they're laws. I wanna remind you, laws don't change anything. Revelation does. Number two, the second problem it causes, it keeps people in bondage. When you don't know what you don't know, it can be dangerous. You'll stay in bondage, number one, to sin. Because you just don't know that Jesus can set you free. You don't know the power of the word. You don't know the power of the Holy Spirit. You don't know the power of living in community with other believers who can inspire you. It keeps you in bondage to poverty. Because you don't know what you don't know. The difference between rich and poor people is not money, it's what they know. It keeps you in bondage to bad habits. It'll keep you in bondage to poor health. A lot of people are in poor, yeah, I know, it's my mother, you know, my father was also sick like that. No, no, it's your diet. But you're ignorant of what you're putting in your mouth. You can spend your money on the cheapest food, but then you want the highest quality of health. It doesn't work like that. But ignorance keeps you there because the advertisements will keep telling you it's the taste. You know, increase the size, add this. Mm. You can almost smell it off the screen. (laughs) Keeps us in ignorance. When you're ignorant, you're kept in small thinking. You think that this is the size of your world. And then you suddenly discover, hang on a minute. And God talks about the plans he has for you. And you read the book of Proverbs. Your whole life opens up. Ignorance will do this. It'll keep you waiting for someone to help you. And you'll think it's the next election. Or you're waiting for someone to give you something which never happens. You're living with luck. Whereas information, wisdom, and knowledge says this is what you have and you can go for it. Suddenly you're out of bondage. Bondage of poverty. See, sometimes we take pride in our ignorance. No, this is, what I, this is what I believe. I love what George Takai said, he's an American actor. He said, the only thing worse than human ignorance is human pride in that ignorance. But Jesus said in John chapter eight, you will know the truth and the truth will what? Set you free. So when you get revelation, you get truth, you get understanding, you break the limitations of life and you start to move out. Why do you think people are kept in bondage in certain churches to certain wrong teaching, to certain false prophets? And we think laws, now we need to start a body and we need to make laws. Laws can't change your heart. You can't, laws can't educate. You need revelation. You need revelation that all of us are believer priests and that your man of God only comes to teach you. He doesn't have a premium on God. He's not in the third heaven while you're only in the second. As long as we teach that in churches that the man of God has much more power than you and you need him to lay hands on you and you need to bring your money to him and you need to be in church as much as possible, you will be kept in bondage and it's actually ignorance. You can't make laws to control that. People need to be informed and how do you get informed? From the word of God, which teaches us who we are who I am, who you are, what our respective roles are. There should be honor and respect for the man of God, but he's there to teach you, to keep you from ignorance, not to keep you in ignorance. Are you clapping in Kyle Army? I can hear it from here. 
What I'm saying is true. The key to being freed from any kind of bondage is to be freed from ignorance. Number three, it keeps us from success. Keeps us from success. The main hindrance to success is not a lack of money, it's a lack of information. It's a lack of, re, uh, uh, of being mentally and emotionally resourced. And when you have knowledge, then your life changes. And people who are not successful in life in their homes, their families, and their businesses, not because they don't have enough money or enough friends, it's because they don't have enough information. They don't have the wisdom of God. The Bible confirms in Isaiah chapter four and verse six. And if you're listening in Kalami, as we read this together, Hosea chapter four and verse six, my people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge, not a lack of money, not a lack of the right political party, not the right support, not the right gifts and handouts, no, a lack of knowledge. And he says, because you have rejected knowledge, I also reject you as my priests. So people are not out of uh, struggling to, people are not trying to find success because they, uh, if only I had money, if only I had a home, if only I had, no, if only you had wisdom, be your root out of ignorance into blessing. It's the number one reason for poverty, low standards of living, premature deaths. How many children die when they've got diarrhea because the parent is ignorant of the condition? They've not read up enough on how to raise a child. I don't know if my neighbors have got a child. You just have one, you bring them home and it seems to work out. No, no, ignorance is not bliss. It can cost your child's life. Are you with me? And what we say, this is what we do. When we're ignorant and something goes wrong, then we say it's an accident. No, 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 it's not an accident, it's ignorance. And we must call it what it is. In Italy, when one of those bridges fell down and caused that catastrophe, it wasn't an accident, it was ignorance. The people who should have cared for that bridge didn't, and they thought it was okay because they didn't think it through. They felt the bridge still had life. So when a main power utility collapses and we have rolling blackouts, and when an airline runs itself into debt, it's not an accident, it's ignorance. And I want to qualify, I didn't say stupidity. Stupidity is dullness of mind. Ignorance is not availing yourself of knowledge and thinking it'll work out because you feel it'll work out. That's how the world's living. And you as a believer cannot live like that. You've got to live by the principles of the word of God. And we need to know that we're not living in the dark ages. We're living in a time of light. And we need the light to shine. How many of you know if you walked around your house and it was in darkness, you wouldn't be able to cook. You wouldn't be able to eat. You wouldn't be able to wash. You wouldn't know what you looked like. You couldn't put your makeup on. You wouldn't be able to comb your hair. You'd walk out the door and people would go, ah! <laughs> because you've been in the dark. But you put the light on and everything becomes clear. Oh, I know where that is. I know how far that is. I know what I need to do. I can see who I really am. Tell you, you get dressed in the dark, you feel you look great. And you get out in the light, you've got two different shoes on. It's like, ooh, ooh. That's what we do with our lives. We need illumination. Isn't that true? John Tyndale said this. He said, knowledge once gained costs a light beyond its own immediate boundaries. You see stuff that you never saw before. But you see, we keep thinking that success is if we get money. Listen to me this morning. How many people haven't won the lottery and are not successful and end up back in bankruptcy? 
Because money is not the answer to success. Money isn't the answer to poverty. All the third world countries in the world have got millions of dollars in aid and they're still poor. What they lack is knowledge. They are in ignorance. It's very quiet in this Methodist church all of a sudden. <laughs> Number four, it causes a lack of growth. A lack of growth. You live a limited life. You don't advance and Every time I've gone to a seminar, every time I've attended something where a person of knowledge has spoken, the lights have gone on for me. That's why some churches just don't grow. It's not because God says, I'm, you're not going to grow. The guy next to you is going to grow 10 times your size and you're going to feel blind, but it's not my will. No, it doesn't work like that. You get knowledge, you get insight about leadership, what people need. And you meet that need and you, and you take them deep and you teach them everything they need, but you do it in, in a way that is not boring and, and, and so the church grows. Success and growth come from wisdom, not from ignorance. Some people believe that they just pray. No, no, prayer isn't the answer for everything. And other miracles. Miracles happen now and again. If ever a church advertises signs, wonders, miracles on demand, they're exactly that, a miracle. And they don't have to take place in this building, by the way. People who tell you that you need to come to their meeting where they perform miracles just want you in their building so that they can get your offerings from them. My job, my job is to teach you to come here to learn so that you're not ignorant and then to go and out there and believe for miracles and success. Doesn't happen in here. Is this making sense to you all? Kyle Army? I think that this is an important topic that no one is talking about because we're afraid to declare something is ignorant. But we're living by common opinion, we're living by emotion, and we're living in the dark and people are not growing their lives. And I'm amazed how assertive and confident ignorant people are. Sure, Confucius said real knowledge is to know the extent of one's ignorance. To know that you know, to know what you don't know. But when you don't know what you don't know, oh, it's dangerous. Dangerous. Daniel Burston, the American historian, said this. He said, the greatest enemy of knowledge is not ignorance, it is the illusion of knowledge. You think. Number five, the fifth uh, problem that's caused by ignorance is it causes poor relationships. When you don't know what you don't know in your marriage, it's dangerous. And all the ladies said, Amen. now get me, wait, 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 wait. You think you're getting away. I went to the ladies first because I knew they'd respond. You probably responded in, in Kailami much louder than here. But ladies, or, or should I say men, when your wife doesn't know what she doesn't know, is it dangerous? <laughs> Methinks you need to come to the men's conference. So you can be blind to your part in the breakdown of a marriage. That's, that's what women are like. Oh, you know what men are like? No, what is God like? And now we've fallen out of love. Well, whenever do you fall into love as though it's a hole? No. <laughs> you don't fall into anything. You have agape love, which is the love of God. So you first have romantic love, which involves eros, which is sexual attraction and desire. And then when that fades like it does, you end up what's called mature love, where you love even though. And that's where you teach your children to love even though. 
so that they don't go looking for partners like dogs. We've got teenage pregnancies. We've got people living with multiple children from multiple fathers. We should say shame. No, it's ignorance that does it because we don't understand human behavior, but the Bible teaches us this stuff and gives us the wisdom. Hmm? Number six, it causes a lack of power. You still with me? You'll be disempowered. You think power just comes through a political uh, decree? No, it doesn't. We are all free, but many people are disempowered. Why? Because they lack vital knowledge about how to take their lives forward. It's the difference between the rich and the poor. The rich are more powerful. Why? Because they, they know certain things. The wise are more powerful than the simple. The successful are more powerful than the unsuccessful. And the strong are stronger than the weak. Why? Because they know something. Financial power doesn't come by handouts. It comes by knowing something that other people don't know. And there's some things I wish I knew when I was younger, but it takes a while. Poor health. You're in poor health, and you don't know why. It's a mystery. You need to just look at the plate every night and ask yourself, what art thou? Because you can't eat the cheapest foods and end up in bad health and then think one meeting at some great evangelist's is gonna cure it. That's ignorance. And if that evangelist can trade on the fact that he's the guy that can heal you, man, he becomes an exclusive specialist. He might as well open a shop and call it Evangelist MD. Because he's postulating that he's your Messiah. When there's only one Messiah and his name is Jesus Christ. Many years ago, we were ignorant of the effects of tobacco, weren't we? Hmm? Didn't know it caused lung cancer. Even the great Spurgeon, the traveling evangelist from England, big signs at the station, Spurgeon smokes such and such cigars. And then the camel advert, I, I found this one funny, the camel advert, what does it say? Uh, the, the choice of most doctors? You're laughing, eh? Yeah, because this used to be in Life and Time magazine. These were adverts that people believed ignorant. It disempowers you when you're ignorant. And people think, okay, I need to go to church. Church will solve it. No, church will teach you not to be ignorant. Because even great evangelists, mighty men of God died because they didn't look after their bodies. They were ignorant in certain areas. They knew that Jesus saved. They knew how to preach the gospel, but they didn't know how to take care of their lives in a balanced way because they didn't study all the word of God. They only studied certain texts. Three men like that, David Brainerd, he died at 29 in the 1700s. He ministered to the American Indians, and he had a massive impact, but went through so much hardship and suffered ill health, died at 29. Oswald Chambers, his book, My Utmost for His Highest. He only lived to the age of 43, the Scottish-born revivalist, brilliant man. His book came out 10 years after he died. And then Robert Murray McShane, just out of a long, long list, he died at 29. Church of Scotland evangelist, mightily used of God, thousands came to Christ, but they didn't have knowledge of how to look after their bodies. See, it does, you can't pray for something if you lack knowledge about something. Am I making sense? Number seven, it keeps, up, keeps us from leadership roles. If you're ignorant, you'll never be able to be used in leadership because leaders need to know where they're going. They don't just lead into a vacuum or into a void. They don't just take the popular way. True leadership is only given to people by God when they can take people into God's best and 
for God's glory. And you'll be kept out of spiritual leadership, even business leadership, if you're ignorant. That's why it's so important to study, to learn from other leaders. Let me give you quickly some, some behaviors that ignorance displays, even in the church. And I want you to note this and ask yourself, is this me? One of the behaviors that ignorance displays is like this. It rejects and distorts scripture. When you're ignorant, you reject certain parts of the Bible or you twist them to suit you. Oh, I don't tithe because I read on the internet that tithing is Old Testament. That's enough to convince you. Why? Because you're ignorant. You know a little bit of something. When you don't know what you don't know, it's dangerous. Are you hearing me? And this is what people don't realize. Pastors are also on the internet. Some of them get their messages from the internet. Anyway, this is what I want to say to you. This is very important. When you think of the internet and people who are on the internet who are talking against tithing, you need to know that those who go there and write those articles don't attend church, are not supportive of the local church, don't submit to authority. That's why they post those articles. Those who submit to authority and are tithing are too busy doing it to post articles like that. But when you're ignorant, you go online and you think that's the law of the Medes and the Persians. No, you're ignorant because you're only listening to one opinion. When you study the Bible and you study scripture and you study the plan of God, then you discover, hang on a minute, then you no longer distort scripture. People distort scripture and reject scripture when it comes to sexuality. That's why we've got so many problems because we've got ignorant churches teaching ignorant people more ignorance. Instead of saying, sorry, church, I know everyone believes this, but this is what the scripture says. Oh, you're bigoted. Oh, you're this. How dare you say you don't have love? Of course we have love. It's loving to correct people when they're about to go off a cliff. When it comes to tithing, sexuality, living together, marriage, business, membership, serving, truth. Don't reject scripture or twist scripture. Number two, it criticizes what it doesn't understand. You'll always find ignorant people criticizing, but they criticize not from a point of knowledge. In the book of Jude, it says, yet these people slander whatever they do not understand, and the very things they do understand by instinct as irrational animals do will destroy them. Amazing how people drive past our building. Oh, your big fancy building, you big churches. It looks like you're just into selling. You're ignorant. See, you criticize what you don't understand. You don't understand that we serve the whole person here. We don't just call you into a room and give you the word. There's a coffee shop. There's a children's church. There's a parking garage. There's a playground for your kids where they don't get splinters. That's a novel thought, eh? A playground that gets used once a week. Oh, you see, we care. You don't understand. And you criticize what you don't understand. And you think you know more than us. Yet there's thousands of us gathering across thousands of campuses, but you know better. That's what ignorance does. It criticizes what it doesn't understand. Hmm? Number three, it's opposite to the will of God. Every time a person's ignorant, they will do things that are opposite to the will of God and then they will say they're okay. It's because they don't know Christ. When you know Christ and all his fullness and his wisdom, you begin to live according to the will of God. How can you speak with authority when you're living against the will of God? People say to me, I, I don't think it's wrong to live together. So where do you get that? I don't see it anywhere in the Bible. Yeah, it's clear you haven't read the Bible. 
or you've read selected portions. And in, in your case, ignorance is bliss. <laughs> See, sometimes we don't want to be educated out of our ignorance because it suits us. Number four, it resides in a hard heart. Ignorance is not just an accident. It comes from a hardened heart. It is a refusal to embrace truth or to search our truth. And we want to think like ordinary, unspiritual people. And the Bible says in Ephesians that we, we get darkened in our hearts because of our ignorance. And our ignorance comes from a hard heart. I don't have time to read it this morning. Number five, it's vaguely religious. Ignorance is vaguely religious. How many of you have met people say, I don't come to church and I don't go to churches like yours. But you know, I believe there's an oak upstairs there. They're vaguely religious in their ignorance. They think it's okay to develop just some kind of idea about their eternal life. Paul, when he went to Athens, in the book of Acts, said this. He said, I see you have an altar to an unknown God. I think there are many people who've got altars in here to an unknown God. I know you're up there somewhere, and I just can't figure you out, and I don't believe you what they, but okay, eh? there we go. Can you see how it sounds? But thousands and millions of people believe this. It's vaguely religious, vaguely, but it's not sound. See, being ignorant is not a problem. It's staying ignorant that's the problem. And God calls us to change. So let me give you quickly uh, some ways to overcome it in the short time that I have. Are you with me? Is this helping you all? They say amen in Kalami. I can hear it from here. So number one, admit it. Admit it. Don't pretend and cover up your ignorance. Say, oh, really? There are many times when someone's told me something, I'm like, oh, gee, I should know that. Say, oh, I don't know. You know, one of the most freeing things that happened to me in ministry, when I was a young minister, people used to ask me questions, and I'd be like, um, actually, um, uh, at my age now, I have no idea. I'll get back to you. When you don't know what you don't know, it's dangerous. But when you do know what you don't know, it's very safe. Better to say to people, I don't know. I'll find out. It's freeing. Hmm? Socrates was a very wise man. He said this, the only thing I know is that I know nothing. <laughs> Look at your neighbor. Say, do you know nothing? <laughs> Tell them, admit it. Walt Disney once said this. I think it's the truth. All you've got to do is own up to your ignorance honestly, and you'll find people who are eager to fill your head with information. Number two, the second way to overcome ignorance is to hunger for knowledge from God. Listen, hunger. I didn't say seek or pray, I said hunger. And the Bible says you're in Proverbs chapter two, indeed if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, if you look for silver and search for it as hidden treasure, then the Lord promises. Psalm 145, quickly, when you open your hand, you satisfy the hunger and thirst of every Living thing. We think that's just food and water. No, it's not. It's the spiritual hunger. Because Jesus said in, in Matthew chapter 5, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness for they will be full. So when you hunger, Lord, I need, I need you to give me insight into my marriage, my business, my children, my attitudes, my sexuality, my thinking, my job, my, my calling. Lord, please. Guess what? Suddenly you get it. I'm okay. I'm, I'm better than the average person. There are a lot of people worse than me. 
That's where you stay. And you live by common opinion instead of revelation knowledge. Hmm? Number three, here's a, here's a good one. Ask someone. Now, don't ask them if you're ignorant, but ask. There are always people that know more than you in life. People who, listen, people who think broadly. If you want to know something about, about politics, ask someone who hasn't got a vested interest in it. Think broadly, read. But ask people in your field. Ask born-again Christians, preferably, because they should, if they're instructed in a good church, be able to speak to you and give you wisdom in any area. Look for fruit in their lives and then ask them, because fruit is a sign that they're not ignorant. Business, theology, whatever it is. Number four, study study. Don't just glance at the internet. Study. Study. People study life. Study the Bible. And research broadly. Don't just read to confirm your prejudices. Yeah, people read to confirm their prejudices. Bible says in 2 Timothy, study to show yourself approved unto God. Don't just read the Bible. And, and church, as I close this morning, be very careful that you don't go with the majority thinking that the majority is the way that should be right. Think for yourself. Remember in the Bible, they sent 12 spies out to find the promise of God. 10 of them were wrong. Two of them were right. The majority isn't always right. That's been proved in politics. It's been proved across the world. The majority of people could be sincerely wrong, sincerely ignorant, nonetheless ignorant. Isn't that true? I love what Eric Fromm says, and in a moment I'm gonna hand over to Chris and Kailami. Eric Fromm says the fact that millions of people share the same vices does not make those vices virtues. The fact that they share so many errors does not make the errors to be truths. And the fact that millions of people share the same form of mental pathology does not make these people sane. If everybody thinks a certain way and lives a certain way, you need to say, hang on a minute, that's ignorance. I need to live by the wisdom of God. Who do you think you are? I'm a child of God. As I close this morning, the Greek word for ignorant is agnosis, from which we get people saying, I'm an agnostic. In other words, I don't know. But to be ignorant doesn't mean you don't know. It means without knowledge. And you know what? No one is ignorant in the world today because no one is without knowledge. God has we hope you have been blessed and inspired by this message.